Hey y'all, welcome to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 35 and today we're going to be starting our study of Philippians. Hi friends and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Okay, so if you're just joining us, last week we did a little intro to Philippians, but we also went back and talked about why we decided to study a book of the Bible um, and get away from the individual doctrines for a little bit like we've been doing. There were a couple of reasons. One reason was that this is kind of our heart in all of this to begin with. Our whole vision is to... um, show how we're adorned by God's word. Mm -hmm. And so we thought that going through a book of the Bible would be great. And so we went back and talked about biblical literacy and where our heart is with that, what we think biblical literacy is, why it's important. And we also talked about the context. We're going to be doing the book of Philippians. And we talked about where the church in Philippi started, like why it started, who it started with. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to that. And that will give you some context into why we're doing what we're doing and kind of how this book got its start. So we're ready to just dive in. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to start with um, chapter one, verse one. And we just want you to know that you don't have to have your Bible out in front of you. If you do, that's awesome. If you're um, like we say in our intro, if you're a boss babe and sitting in traffic or if you're doing your dishes, we're going to go verse by verse. So you do not have to have your, your Bible out in front of you. So verse one, Philippians chapter one, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to pause there for a second because this is um, just a reminder and a reiteration of um, where Paul is, who he's writing to, what's happening here. He's writing to the church of Philippi, um, and it gives us this kind of intro that we see at a lot um, of Paul's letters, this this introduction of um, grace and peace to you, and it reminds us um, of what we learned last week when we learned about the context. That's right. Picking up in verse three, I thank my God with all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. So that was verses three through eight. One thing um, we'll notice throughout this letter is that he has deep feelings for them these are not just people that he met or knew like he has deep friendships with them and you can you can hear that in the words that that he's speaking to them and I love how he calls them partners in the gospel and he also calls them partakers with him in grace which I think is a is a great thing to remember that that's us as well Mm -hmm. like here he's writing to the people at Philippi but he's also writing that to us that that we are partners in the gospel and that we are also partakers um, with him and with all believers in grace but I think my favorite part of that section is is verse six, and we've talked about this verse. Uh, 
Casey actually read mm-hmm. it last week yeah. at the end of last um, episode. I'm going to read it again. So it says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it t- to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And um, just a quick note on that that I love is that, and maybe this is relatable to you, is that I think sometimes as we talk about sanctification, which we've talked about a lot um, throughout this podcast is that we want it overnight and sometimes I think we have an expectation of it and that we think okay once I'm a Christian for for 10 years he'll have completed that good work or once I'm 40 or whatever this expectations we say once I get this job or once I have my kids or once I get married that I will um he'll be you know finish this good work that he's began in me and that that's not that's not how it works God delights in seeing us grow to be more like him but he also offers us grace when we fail. And I think it's cool to think about that we can use either that growth or that grace that we need when we fail to to bring him glory. And that all of this this working that he's bringing out through our life is um, only going to be bring complete at the day of Jesus. So um, another thing we can stop and do here is a little tool that we can use as we go through the rest of the book of Philippians. And that is um, to just ask ourselves three questions. And you don't have to do it on this verse necessarily, but as you're reading um, before next week on chapter two, as you're reading throughout there, if if the Holy Spirit like highlights a verse to you and you want to stop and learn about it or read more about it, like ask yourself three questions. And the first one is, what does this say about God? And the second one is, what does this say about me? And then the third question is, how can I apply this to my life? So the resources that we provided um, last week, and we'll put it again this week if you haven't printed it, is basically those same questions, but more um, in depth. But if you're at a place where you're listening to your Bible on audio or anything like that, you can just stop and like mentally ask Mm -hmm. yourself those questions. Mm -hmm. Do you do that? Yeah, I have been more lately. I think that we sometimes get in the rut of just skipping to that third. Mm -hmm. And we've heard Jen Wilkin talks about this a lot. But it's important to think about what the verse is saying and its context and just comprehending what it's saying. We want to be like, okay, how does that apply to us and just go on with our day? But it's important to actually think about what the verse is saying, not just to apply it to you, but putting it in context, thinking about what was going on at that time, thinking about what it says about God, like not just being so self-centered with it, I think yeah. is, is super important. So let's let's use that verse as an example, just to, to provide some clarity of what this looks like. So if we're doing verse six, which says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And the first question we ask ourselves is, what does this say about God? So what do you, what does this say about God, Casey? Uh, that he's faithful. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of. Mm-hmm. I think that he's faithful and he will do what he said he's going to do. Yeah. And that's great because I think normally if we would read that, we would just start to begin to think of what does it mean about ourselves, right. like you were saying. Right. But no, this is about God and his faithfulness. So when we're looking at that verse, what do you think it says about you? So the first thing that I think of is that um, it teaches us that we're called to surrender. We're called to surrender our lives to his time and to his sanctification in our hearts and lives because it is, like you're saying, he is faithful and he is the one that is going to bring that good work to completion, not, not anything that we do. And so that final question, and how do we apply this to our lives, um, how do you think we can apply this first to our lives, Casey? I think it's just like you were talking about, the the waiting for the sanctification and just trusting that God will bring it to completion. It won't be in our timing, but it will be in His, and it may not be as quick as we think it should be, but He will do it because He is faithful and He is good. Yep. I love it. Love it. All right. So let's keep going. 
Okay, so this is verse 9, and I'm going to read 9 through ten, uh, nine through 11 now. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I love this. I keep I keep saying I love this verse. I love this verse. But like this, these three verses, um, back when I was right out of college and I started teaching, we had to pick like our verses of the year and I picked these verses. And at the time I did, I don't think I fully understood what they meant, mm-hmm. but I just, I liked it. So I picked it, but, um, there's so much good stuff. We're only 11 verses in, and there's already so much that we can learn about God and learn about mm-hmm. ourselves and apply to learn to be more like Jesus. And we're going through this kind of fast, but I hope that, um, you did take the time throughout this last week to read Philippians. And if you haven't had a chance, I our hope and our prayer is that you don't just take our word for it, but you really sit and soak in whatever verses the, the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you and study it more, dig mm-hmm. deeper, or just meditate on it. And um, and let, like we've said before, like let the word have its way with you. Mm-hmm. And um, so a couple things I love about this section is that he doesn't say that he prays that their love grows like as a feeling or how we would think of love. But Paul is telling them that that his prayer is that their love may abound more and more. And what's the first thing he says? Knowledge. With knowledge. And discernment. And discernment. Two things we have <laughs> talked about so much And they're here. not things that you think of when you think of love no. necessarily. I mean, it's not the first thing you think of. You probably think more of feelings. But no, he's saying, my prayer is that your love will abound with knowledge and discernment. And um, I think it's a, it's a good reminder for us that which we've stolen this from Jen Wilkin, but we give her credit every time that, you know, the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And that's why this is such a big deal to Casey and I to be growing in biblical literacy and to help others to grow in biblical literacy because we just want you to love God more and more every single day. And the way to do that is to know him more and more um, every single day. And it talks about the purpose of this, which we've talked about so many times throughout the podcast, but it is to bring God glory. So the whole reason that we're growing in this knowledge and this discernment so we can be excellent and pure and blameless is to bring God glory. That's our that's our whole purpose. And that's exactly what he's saying right here. Yeah, I think that's a good point because he's not saying so that you can be pure and blameless so that you look good. For your own glory. Right. No. That's a really good reminder. And we will talk about this more. Um, There is a theme that's coming up in this book that that is very much related to. Yes. So we can move on to chapter 12. Chapter 12. I mean, not chapter. No, no, no. There's not even chapter. (laughs) There's not even 12 chapters in the (laughs) Philippians. Verse 12. (laughs) I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ to from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. So first thing I think we should note here, which I'm not sure if we mentioned this or not, but the fact that Paul is in prison. Right. I don't know if we, I don't know if we said that last week. And I, I was remember. thinking about that and I was like, hmm, that might be an important it was kind of thing. a big deal. But I was like, oh, but we'll get to it. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Yes. So first thing to note from this passage is that he, that Paul was in prison as he was writing this. 
Um, and I, I have to admit that I, I think I've always understood this passage incorrectly, and it wasn't until um, I was preparing for this and understanding it that this is where we see the beginning of that theme that Casey is talking about of humility, and that when Paul is saying that, yes, you know, this has been to advance the gospel, whether it's done out of envy or rivalry or from goodwill, either way, Christ's name is proclaimed, he's not saying that um, that they were slandering Christ or anything like that. He was saying that they were doing it out of envy and rivalry for Paul. So I always thought they were, he was saying they were talking about Jesus out of rivalry for Jesus, which doesn't really make any sense. But Mm -hmm. for some reason, that's why I thought it was that. But no, he's saying that, you know, whatever happens to me, it doesn't matter, which, you know, we'll hear him say later, like to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so for him, it, he truly believes that, that whether people are trying to afflict him or they're trying to encourage him, as long as they're preaching Christ, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's very convicting because sometimes I struggle with, oh, look at how that person is spreading the gospel. Look at how well that person loves their neighbor. Look how well that person is leading or teaching or sharing or evangelizing. And I, I shouldn't do that. Christ being proclaimed, like, hallelujah, mm-hmm. that I shouldn't take it as a person oh I'm not as good enough or but we we tend to do that as women compare ourselves and it's important to take this note from Paul of humility that as long as Christ is being proclaimed no matter who's doing it you know that's that's a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. and a necessary thing yeah and I think it also we've we've talked about it a little bit before but it's important to remember because as we're growing in our knowledge of the Bible and theology and doctrine sometimes that also can kind of get in the way and and make us proud. Mm. And um, we need to remember that even if someone else has different theology, or we think that it's not coming from a pure heart, that Christ's name is still being proclaimed. And God can still use that even if we don't necessarily agree with all the circumstances surrounding it. God can still use that. And it's not our place to, to judge them or to beat them down or to um, try to ruin their ministry. I mean, that sounds so harsh, but sometimes I think that as humans, that sin just gets in and pride is so dangerous, which we will talk about more as this book cr- progresses. But I think I think Aaron's absolutely right. Like it's all about humility here. And we see um, when we talked about in the last episode, that God, um, God uses any means to get to his people. And so he can even use someone that might not have a pure heart to, to draw people to him. Mm, That's really good. That's super helpful. All right, let's see. Verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. So just a quick point here and just a point of reflection that you can maybe stop and think about for a second is, what is your eager hope? I like how he calls it an eager hope. Um, Like, what is the biggest hope in your life right now? And this is not coming from a place of judgment or anything like that, because I'm asking myself the same question is, is my biggest hope that my kids will be successful? Is my biggest hope that I get my dream job? Is my biggest hope that I marry the right... Well, I'm already married, so that one doesn't apply (laughs) to me. You're already married to the perfect person. (laughs) But is your biggest hope that you marry the right person? I mean, what is it? None of these things are necessarily bad in and of themselves, but what is your highest? What is your utmost hope? 
it, it should be, as Paul is saying, it should be that, that Christ is honored in our life. Um, as we read in Matthew 6, you know, if we seek first the kingdom of God, then all else will be added. And, that, and the reason it says that is because that God knows what we need and he knows what's best for us. So if we make him our eager hope and trust him with everything else, and we know that he loves us and he cares for us, then we don't have to make those other things our eager hope. Mm-hmm. That's good. We talked about this a lot with our kids lately because we're going through actually a new catechism that I don't think I've talked about on here before, but we switched this year. We did do the, we were doing the Westminster catechism, but we started doing the new, uh, the new city catechism this year. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just just a little more updated. The theology behind it's the same, but it's, really good. It has kids songs that go with it and a, and a neat app. And one of the, I think the very first question mm-hmm. is what is our only hope in life and death? And the answer is that we are not our own, but belong to God. And the verse that went with that was out of Romans and it's Romans 14, eight. And it says, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And Mm -hmm. so our only hope really should be to live for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like that's our only hope in life and in death. It's Mm -hmm. all about God. That's good. I feel like I've, I don't feel like I know that verse in Romans. I I don't think I did until we started doing this catechism. So I've learned so much along with my kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Going on to verse 21. So we're going to go through 21 through 26. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that would be far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Jesus Christ because of my coming to you again. So to be completely honest, this is this is a hard um, passage for me. I don't think I fully grasp it. And it's, I think it's okay for us. And this is a good point that Casey and I have been talking about a lot lately is that it's okay to not understand everything. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to sit in that, what does that mean? And not necessarily find the answer immediately, but to really just pause and think about that and maybe pray about that. And, and, um, just, it's okay to not get it. So this I struggle with. I struggle with the fact that he says, you know, it is my desire to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. Because when I look at my own life, I'm like, I don't know if I could say that 100% and mean it. I, I want to be at my kid's wedding. I want, you know, all those things. And so so this is this is kind of a tough spot for me. What do you think about all that, Casey? Yeah, so this has always been a hard one for me too. And I mean, it still is. Um, I feel like, like you said, I've always had something to look forward to. Like I remember when I was a little girl, it was like, Lord, help me get my first kiss before you come back for us or before I die. And then it's just, I want to get married. And then it's, oh, I want to have kids. And now it's like you said, like, I want to be at my kid's wedding. But um, over the past few years, walking through some times of like heartache and suffering and losing loved ones myself, I have felt um, that longing for heaven. Mm -hmm. But even then, a lot of times it's been um, because I'm longing for heaven because I don't want to want the pain Mm -hmm. or because I want to be with my loved ones. So I still like it. I feel like it's still coming from kind of a self-centered place. So I, I, like you said, like I long for my heart to be like Paul's where I truly 
like every like whether I live or whether I die, it's to the Lord. Like, and it's not a selfish desire. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I want to go be with the Lord, not to take away my pain, not to um, be with my loved ones again, but truly because like He is my only desire. Mm-hmm. But yet, living where He is my only desire as well. Like, if it's your, if Lord, if it's your plan for me to stay on this earth right now, then still my only focus needs to be Christ. Mm-hmm. Like. I, I'm not to that place. I, I've seen glimpses of, because I often, like when I was younger and I hadn't really, um, been through much pain or suffering and I heard people, you know, this longing for heaven, I didn't understand it Mm -hmm. because things were good here. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know God's cool or whatever, but (laughs) I like my life here. Um, so I have definitely seen glimpses of that because there have been times that my heart longs for heaven. Um, but even in that, it takes some kind of reigning in that, um, that selfish desire to, to see why I'm, why I'm longing for heaven. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So I think this is tough. I think this is one of those times where it's like, Paul, like, how are you so good? And then we <laughs> have to remember he did not start out that way. Yes. And, um, we'll get to that in like chapter four. When we talk about chapter four, we'll get to that a little bit more, but he, he went through the process of sanctification as well. But right. I think this kind of gives us a goal yeah. because he was human too. Mm-hmm. So if Paul could get to that place, I mean, maybe we can too, right? One degree of glory. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. I appreciate that because that's a hard one for it's me. It's hard. It's I'm like really in theory, hard. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather go to heaven, but then I'm like, but my babies. Yeah, so, and yeah. I think we're supposed to like our babies. Oh you yeah, know? of course. I mean, and so I think that's okay. It's a tension. Yeah, there there is a tension, like so many things. Yeah. So moving on, verse twenty seven through thirty. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come. Um, and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God, for it has been granted to you that the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So, so many. That's a lot of words. So <laughs> many good things in this. So let's start with that first verse. So 27 says, only let your manner be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come or am absent, Oh, come and see you or I'm absent. I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one. Okay, I'm just going to stop with yeah. only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And this can sound heavy. Oh, like yeah. this can sound like <laughs> so much pressure, like mm-hmm. only let my life be worthy of the gospel. Like Never how is that even possible? Yeah. And that's, um, I think that's because in our culture, we're so bombarded with this idea that um, we have to earn, we have mm-hmm. to earn, we have to be worthy before we can receive. And the gospel completely flips that, that idea on its head. I mean, if you think about anything in our life, like even applying for a job or a credit card or whatever it is, you have to show why you deserve it. You have to show what you've done, what's made you worthy. And, um, when we hear about the gospel, especially the way Tim Keller says it, when he says that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dare believe, but yet at the very same time, more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ. Christ than we ever dared hope. Um, I think that that helps us to remember that 
we don't have to earn it. We don't have to be worthy of it. This is not saying, um, this verse in 27 is not saying you have to be worthy to receive the gospel. Right. That's, that's not what he means. If you read anything else by Paul, you'll catch that right off the bat. He's not saying that you have to be worthy in order to receive the gospel. But, but what he is saying is that, that we need to remind ourselves of the gospel, um, daily and real practically. I think I've mentioned this on here before, but one thing I do is as soon as I wake up, I don't do this every morning, but I try to, um, before I even open my eyes or look at my phone or whatever it is, is I try to do two things. I try to praise God for who he is. And I try to remind myself of the gospel because I think that that grounds us in the fact that, okay, I don't have to work for this. It's not, I am not worthy in and of myself, but reminding myself of the gospel then allows me to live my life in a manner worthy of Mm -hmm. the gospel. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. It's remembering that we are worthy because of the gospel. Right. We don't, we don't earn the, um, receiving the gospel, receiving, you know, God's grace Mm -hmm. through our worthiness. We are worthiness or we are worthiness. We are worthy (laughs) because of God's grace. Yes. And it, and it kind of, as we refresh ourselves with that gospel, which encourages us to walk in a manner, um, that displays that, then it creates this um, heart of gratitude and humility like we're talking about and a love for that Savior, for what he's done for us, that then allows us to to have that desire to grow to be more like him and to walk in a way that is um, worthy of displaying the work that he's done on the cross for us, for others to see. And as he goes on to say in that verse, and we'll break this down a little bit more, is that we want to do that side by side with one another. And it's the, the beauty of that when we're working side by side with one another, walking out um this gospel, that that's, that's how the gospel can be spread and people can be interested in what's happening in our lives and God can be glorified. So, so what else, what else do you want to take away from those last few verses, Casey? Yeah. So there's a few different things. One, um, you, you kind of already touched on, but the standing together as mm-hmm. one, I think in our culture, that's something that we see not happening so often. Um, we're so divided mm-hmm. for one reason or another, even as believers and, that's just heartbreaking and that's not the message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not how the gospel is going to be spread. Right. And we've talked about that before about how like we are going to be able to reach so many more people if we come together as one mm-hmm. and we're one force together. And yep. so I think that that's part of what Paul is saying here is that we need to strive side by side together. And then he also uses the word strive because we all struggle. He's mm-hmm. he's saying this isn't going to be easy. It wasn't easy for him to get to where he is. It's definitely not easy where he is now. Um, there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be testing of our faith. And it's not going to be easy, but it's worth it. And that if we do it together, it's going to be that much better and that much easier. Yeah, and that goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning of this chapter where Paul said that you're partners in the gospel and you're partakers with him in grace and that we need to remember that we're both. Mm -hmm. So like you're saying, as we stand in unity, we need to remember that we're on partners, we're on the same mission, but we also are all partakers of grace and that you can't say you're wrong and I'm doing it perfectly right. Like, no, we're all are in need of that same grace and reminding ourselves that you need grace, which reminds yourself that everyone else needs Mm -hmm. grace that allows you to be better partners because we are then 
extending grace as mm-hmm. well as receiving grace all for the same purpose of making his name known. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought about that. When you read the the intro, I was like, oh, that's cool because we are partakers of that grace too. Mm-hmm. So he was talking to us yeah. too. I mean, we know the whole Bible applies to us. We know that. But when we see things like that specifically where we can say, he is talking about me, mm-hmm. like that's just really neat to see. Mm-hmm. I think something else we see um, is when Paul says, and not frightened by anything um, by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And um, so we see that this fearlessness, people are going to see God through that in us. And that will show them that that we have something that's different. When we aren't living in fear, and I'll talk about that a little more um, when we talk about chapter two, but when we aren't living in fear, people will see God through that. And I think that's really cool. And um, coming from someone that struggles with fear, that's very empowering to me. Yeah, I like that. It's a good reminder too that um, not living in fear, like you're saying, that fearlessness, that boldness, that confidence does allow us to give God glory because we can say, you know, this is not something I could handle on my right. own. This is something mm-hmm. I would be terrified of. Yes. But because my utmost hope, my eager hope is in God alone for me to live is for Christ, then that gives us so much opportunities to to share that with others. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just so good. So we are mm-hmm. one chapter in, um, and that was a quick overview. And I hope that you do get some time um, to just soak in that. And we already see some major themes that we're going to keep I was gonna, I was going to throw book. it on you. So what would you say the the main theme of chapter one that you see is ooh, ooh, oh man um i have to pick one yep, i would i one. would say that um I, I don't think i could say it in a word but i would say in one oh i can i pay three i guess <laughs> i guess <laughs> okay i would say one is um humility yes that's what i would say number one is. yeah i would say humility which i think you could say you know about the entire gamut of scripture but i exactly. think um i think another one is just i'm trying to think of it it stems with humility but it's it's more than just the word humility it's that that humility is what drives us to sanctification oh yeah so it's yeah, it's good. that rooting ourselves in humility knowing that we're not doing it to earn anything we're not growing to be more like more like jesus for any selfish reason mm-hmm. but the fact um that we're humbly accepting and living out the gospel that pushes us to then share the gospel mm-hmm. yeah um that's good and to live for nothing else and okay i'll just stop at that that's good <laughs> okay sounds good it's it all it's all tied to <laughs> humility humility to share the gospel humility to live in a way that you're worthy you know, manner of worthy, how did he word that? Worthy of the gospel, Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, Yeah. But you're right. Chapter one is a lot about humility. Okay. So I'm going to leave us today with a little preview of chapter two. Um, Let's see. I'm going to read chapter two, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's a good little teaser for next week. So just a reminder, um, we have attached in the resources if you want to download that study guide, or feel free to just um, read it chapter two throughout the week or listen to it on audio anyway to really just soak in chapter two before we come back next week and um study it together if you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend 
The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox.